Jaina was excited. She was about to get married. She works in the wedding industry, so she knows how to handle every detail. She also hired a wedding planner. Jaina knows from experience that on the day of the wedding, there are lots of different things happening, and you have to anticipate problems and avoid surprises. She never could have predicted that the events of that day would include a fire alarm, a gunman, and having her wedding story featured on the national news. Real people in unreal situations. There is a girl hanging by her broken leg from the telephone wire. And I called 911 and I said, I found a baby. I turned around. I see a gun pointed at me close enough I could touch it. She would hold our heads underwater all the time. He levels the gun, pulls the trigger, and I go down. Her eyes were full of tears. She didn't want to leave us. My hair catches on fire. I swear to God, this, is, this image is burning my head for the rest of my life. I'm Scott Johnson, and this is What Was That Like? How many bridesmaids did you have for this wedding? For my wedding, I had just three bridesmaids, which I, initially I didn't think I was going to have any, but I did have three. I had my sister and two of my best friends. Originally, you were thinking that this wedding was going to be something kind of small and intimate, but then that kind of got changed around. What was the process there? My fiance was Filipino. Actually, he still is Filipino. <laughs> um, he's Filipino. And um, I, out of respect for his culture and everything. I just thought it would be really cool to have a small intimate wedding in the Philippines. And so I was researching beaches and hotels. I'd connected with photographers there because I just wanted maybe like one of those long, like a 10 person long table on a beach, something nice and intimate with really good food, you know, a beautiful location, but just great photography and that sort of thing. So I was researching all that kind of stuff, but my in-laws, they kind of highboshed my whole plan. So <laughs> I'd even bought a wedding dress for a beach wedding. And um, they were telling me that they thought that it might not be safe for me to get married in the Philippines, which is, of course, their opinion. But they said that being a bride and being white or North American, people might see me as being wealthy. And so they thought that it would not be safe for me. So they said, no, you could get kidnapped in the Philippines. And I thought, well, then I sure as hell don't want to get married in the Philippines. I mean, I wouldn't want to take that risk, especially if I've, if I'd already been warned about it. Right. So so then it ended up being a wedding back home in my city. And then the way I operate is I'm like, okay, well, if it's going to be at home, I work in the wedding industry. So I'm like, well, great. I'm going to have all my friends who work in the wedding industry there. Well, then it has to be big. It has to be cool because, you know, everybody who's there has already seen everything. So I wanted it to be really unique if it was going to be back home. And then, then the guest list just grew and grew and grew. And then it was nothing like what I'd originally imagined at all. <laughs> Right. Completely different. Now, your fiance's name is Ray. Yes. What did he think of where it should be? Or was he just like, yeah, whatever you want? He actually, um, well, so it, it was going to be my second wedding and his first wedding. So that's why we didn't, we had such different ideas because for me, I was like, you know, I've already done the big thing and it doesn't really matter. What matters is the marriage, right? So I had just a different perspective and his outlook was, 
I want to tell the whole world. I want to show the whole world this woman that I found. And I was thinking, well, I can't really, can't really argue with that. <laughs> so that was his impression. So yeah, we had, we had different ideas, but because it was his first time, I also wanted to really respect, you know, his vision for what he wanted for a wedding. It seems like you were kind of, rather than the typical formal wedding, you were kind of going for a little more of a fun kind of theme. Yes. So, oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. Because of course I've seen everything. Of course, also I'm an Aquarian and Aquarians like everything weird. If if we've seen it before, then we don't like it. So I was doing like a, I wanted like a Vegas because I'm in Vancouver, Canada and I wanted like a Vegas in Vancouver theme. So I was going to, I booked a nightclub. I had uh hip hop dancers. I made, I made a music video as a surprise to him where I recreated the what a man music video by salt and pepper. Like everything was big and crazy and like my bridesmaids wore leopard print so i heard this quote one time it said um a wedding isn't a good party because you would never invite your grandparents to a good party and and i thought no 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 my wedding's gonna be a good party that my grandparents just happen to be at and if they want to leave early i don't care because this is about like you know a good time so that's what that's what my goal was so were your grandparents there and did they leave early my grandparents were there and they were probably the first ones on the dance floor. So yeah, no, that wasn't, Good that for wasn't them. a problem at all. <laughs> Listen, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, right? I got my desire to party and have a good time from somewhere. So, <laughs> Well, you are obviously a high energy, excited person. So, Is it that obvious? Um, <laughs> it's a little bit obvious. I can kind of read between the lines and pick that up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So let's talk about that night. Now, you, the wedding party, first of all, there were, you said there were you and three bridesmaids. What about Ray's men, his, the groomsmen? How many were of those were there? They had three, there was three groomsmen and his sister was on his side too. So there was technically four on his side in his bridal party, but they were getting ready at, they were going to all get ready at Ray's parents' house. So for them, they were in the comfort of their home, enjoying like a homemade breakfast. They were just kicking back, enjoying themselves. So they had a very different experience on the wedding day than, than I did for sure. And you and the ladies stayed at a hotel. Can you talk about that? What hotel was that? Yeah. So I do weddings for a living. I do hair and makeup for brides. So I knew all the hotels in the city. I knew all the, you know, I definitely knew how I wanted my wedding morning to look. I had a very specific idea of how I wanted it to be. So I booked myself and my ladies in at um, the Pacific Rim uh, Hotel in Vancouver, which was one of the newer hotels, super beautiful with like this bougie cocktail sushi lounge downstairs and white marble, everything. It was just so, so, so beautiful. And so that's where I wanted us to be because I knew that it would look good in photos and it was just you know, the lobby smells delicious. It's just all the things that you want for girls, for a girly good time, with champagne and all that good stuff. <laughs> I'm sure that's part of how they design the hotel because they know there would be groups like you coming in, taking pictures and you want to look good. Exactly. Exactly. Total. It's all about the photos. If you didn't get good pictures, did it even happen? Really? <laughs> you went there the night before the wedding. What did you do that night? I had matching pajamas for all the girls. So I bought these one onesie pajamas. So it's just like a full body, you know, almost like a, what would you call it? Like a jump, like a jumper kind of long johns, kind of like a full body long john outfit. But with, they were all leopard prints. So we were all in these leopard print onesies. We're doing face masks. We're playing music in the room, drinking champagne. Then we ran downstairs to the lobby and took a bunch of silly pictures just in the lobby. Just, oh, isn't this wild and crazy? We're running around the hotel in our pajamas. So we were just being ridiculous. And then we were taking pictures and posting them, of course, on Facebook and just, you know, just having a good time. 
and we'll have some of those pictures on the uh, website and the show notes for this episode so people can see that. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> that went late into the night, right? Yeah. So, of course, there's the mixture of the nerves of the wedding. And we had all these to-do lists. And I had so many moving parts for the wedding because I had... I was going to have a flash mob choir in um, in the ceremony. So I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Love Actually. Have you ever seen that movie? Mm, yeah, with Hugh Grant. Yeah. So there's a scene in the wedding when they announce some husband and wife and the best man arranged to have um, like trumpets stand up. And then and they start singing All You Need Is Love by the Beatles. And it's this whole big thing in the church after they after they say I do. Well, I had arranged for a whole choir. So as soon as they announced us husband and wife, um, some people stood up in some pews and were like, love, love, love. And then the other people stood up and then the whole then the whole like church was being singing all you need is love and my guests were like what the hell's going on so i had so many moving parts between like flash mob choirs and the music video that was being edited so i had just so many things so there was a mixture of i wanted to sleep but <laughs> there was so many checklists and but hang on a second you didn't you have a wedding planner wouldn't that person do a lot of this I did have a wedding planner for sure. And, um, her name's Alicia. She's for sure. She's the best wedding planner in the city. Actually, uh, Vogue magazine voted her one of the top 10 wedding planners in the world. She's amazing. But of course, like I said, because I work in weddings, I just knew how I wanted things. And she was going to be my day of coordinator. And actually what's funny is I, because I consider her such a good friend, I'd initially asked her to just be one of my bridesmaids. And she, she rejected me. She said no. Cause she said, if I'm sitting in the hotel room with you and I'm not in control of all the moving parts and making sure everything's okay, then I'm going to lose my mind. So she actually rejected me. And then what I did was I bought her a bridesmaids outfit so that instead of her working in her normal, in her normal, you know, wedding planner, all black kind of pants and fanny pack, whatever. She was wearing a bridesmaid outfit as my wedding planner, just as my little kind of tribute to her, because I was like, okay, you can still be my wedding planner, but I want everyone to know that I really wanted you to be a bridesmaid. That's cool. That's a good compromise. Yeah. And it actually ended up benefiting me in the long run because of everything that went wrong. So, and it ended up being so much better that she did say no to being a bridesmaid, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> So talking about what went wrong, you come back, you're, you're, you guys are coming back to the room, and this was like middle of the night, what, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., something yes. like that? Yes. Yeah, so, so, I mean, I don't know. It's hazy. Uh, we Between the, the four of us, we drank two bottles of champagne. So, but we, so what happened is we're running around the lobby taking our photos. We get back up to our room. And we're fumbling to find the key to get into the room. And all of a sudden, the alarms start going off in the building, which... It's pretty strange for, you know, a really fancy hotel at three or four in the morning. If they were doing a test or something, it would be at noon or you'd have a notice. But it was at three or four in the morning. So we were in the hallways like, what the hell's going on? You know, and then this guy in the room next to us opened the door and peeked out. And he sees these four girls standing in leopard print pajamas outside his room. And he's like, what's going on? And we said, we don't know. And he goes, it's probably nothing. Somebody probably just pulled an alarm and we were like, yeah, probably. So then we just went back into our room instead of evacuating. We just, yeah, just went back to our room and poured another glass of champagne probably. <laughs> that just seems so odd though. I mean, usually, like you said, if it was a test, it wouldn't have been in the middle of the night. Exactly. But you know, sometimes people pull alarms, right? Or they, you know, there's just a, fa it's a false alarm. I don't know. We just Or we really sometimes didn't... the hotel's on fire. <laughs> Sometimes there's an actual emergency. Exactly. But we were just, you know, ignorance is bliss. We were like, ah, fuck it. So that was kind of the, that was kind of the mood, <laughs> the mood of the moment. <laughs> fuck it. It's a technical term. All right. So you guys just went in, you ignored it. You went to bed. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
we had a suite in the hotel. So I had my own bedroom with my, like this king size bed. And then my bridesmaids were on a, um, cause they wanted me to get a good night's sleep, which <laughs> that's hilarious. Cause does any oh, bride perfect. get a good night's sleep yeah. the night before? <laughs> so they were all in the other room on their bed. So I, we all said good night, you know, whatever. We turn out the lights. And I, so I think it was probably like four that we went to sleep. And then I, I knew that I still had thank you notes that I wanted to write for my bridesmaids, for the groomsmen, for the parents and everything. So I popped up out of bed at like six o'clock in the morning, I would say. So only two hours later and all my bridesmaids were still sleeping. And I start writing um, my notes and I'm just lying on the bed, you know, and I'm just writing things out. And then as a break, I just went to my Facebook just to see, because obviously there's all the hype around the wedding and everybody knew I was getting married and we were posting. I do a lot of stuff on social media. So I was posting, of course, keeping everybody updated. So I wanted to see, right? What's the feedback? Do people care? You know, what are kind of messages am I getting? So I opened up this message on Facebook. Somebody commented, I think, on the picture that I posted. And she said, oh my God, I'm watching the news. Are you okay? And I was like, I'm sorry, why Why wouldn't I be okay? And my heart just kind of sank because I thought, I is there something I don't know? And then, of course, my mind went back to that alarm that had gone off in the middle of the night that I didn't know what what it was about, right? Yeah, that's, boy, that's got to make you so curious. Like, yeah, what's going on definitely. that I don't know about? Exactly, exactly. And please not on my wedding day. Please not this day that I had planned, you know, for literally, we, we moved the date once. So I'd been planning this wedding for a solid two and a half years. So the last, like, you know, obviously there's just so much pressure put on that one day. So the last thing I wanted was for something to go horribly wrong especially if you feel like you've already dotted all the i's and crossed all the t's you have a wedding planner you think that you've made every possible you found every you've preemptively you found every solution to every possible problem that could come along but you can't you just can't predict every kind of problem right yeah exactly and you obviously you must in your business you must work with checklists and you know that nothing could fall through the holes that you've covered everything yeah, I mean, I've seen brides have meltdowns over the wildest things. And I have a very good idea. I have a really good way of putting things into perspective where I'm like, you know what? This does not matter. My motto is always ask yourself this question. If anything's going wrong, wrong on your wedding day, ask yourself this question. Will the guests leave your wedding saying, what a fabulous wedding, but it's too bad that one bridesmaid's toenail polish wasn't the same color as the other bridesmaids, right? Because some brides will freak out over something that simple that nobody would ever notice. So I had a really, really good idea of what really matters and what doesn't. Yeah. 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 How did you figure out what's going on or what did you do? Right. I didn't know what to do. So I just, you know, went to grandfather Google and I searched, um, news Pacific Rim, Vancouver. That's all. I didn't know what else to do because she said she saw it on the news, right? So I just searched New Pacific Rim, Vancouver, and all these stories came up. Pacific Rim was the name of the hotel, the Fairmont yes. Pacific Rim. Okay. Yes, exactly. So I just figured, like, you know, based on what she had said, I kind of thought, obviously, if I put that, because I had posted on Facebook the hotel we were at, I take the hotel and what we were doing. So I figured that that's why she said, I, I saw you on, is everything okay? So I searched it, and it said... um there is currently a police standoff happening with a deranged gunman in the lobby of the Pacific Rim Hotel. The lobby where you just were? Or is there more than one? Yes, lobby? literally the lobby that I just was in with all my bridesmaids. I 
So we were in the lobby taking photos. We came upstairs. The alarms went off while we were in the hallway, which means we literally just missed, like we literally just missed the gunman by mo- like moments because the alarms obviously went up. All we did was come up the elevator and the alarms were going off. Right. So, um, I mean, we very well could have been in the lobby at the same time he was there and we just didn't, you know, we just didn't know what was happening and went back up. Right. So I really don't know, but, um, yeah, it was pretty crazy. So the first thing that I did when I read that was I ran to the window because I just thought if something crazy is happening, like, are there police outside? Like what's happening? So I just got up and ran to the window. We were on the ninth floor and I looked down and it looked like I was watching a scene from a movie. There were police cars circling the whole building and yellow tape all around us. So everything was shut down for as far as I could see. Basically in Canada, we kind of were overly safe. So it was like you couldn't get even within two blocks of the hotel. There were police absolutely everywhere. It looked like you know when you see those scenes in movies when a guy's about to jump off, jump out a window and you see all the police side by side by side looking up the building? That's basically what it looked like from my perspective looking down. Like it looked like I was about to jump and all, and all these police cars were trying to tell me not to because it was it was a lot. There was, yeah, it was a lot of police. I ran into the other room and I was like, holy shit, you guys, wake up, wake up, wake up. Look, you guys, remember the alarms last night? And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, there's a gunman downstairs. And they're like, what? And then they all ran to the window and they all looked down and saw all the police cars. And we were just like, what the hell do we do now? <laughs> like, what do we do? And this had to be a little bit even, I mean, obviously it's something unusual, but even more so in Canada, because you guys don't have the mass shooting problems that we have here in the U.S., right? Yeah, guns guns are not really a thing. Like, I mean, we don't, you know, I I know when I travel to the U.S., I have moments where I'll be in traffic and think like, oh, that guy could have a gun in his car. Like it kind of, whoa, because we just don't have that here. People don't carry guns. People don't, it's not a thing that you hear about unless maybe somebody's a hunter. But yeah, for someone to just wander into a lobby with a gun and be waving it around and we nobody knowing what their intentions are, for sure, it's not... It's not a normal, it's not a normal thing in Canada at all. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Here's a what would you do question. From now on, every day at 5 p.m., an hour goes by and it's still 5 p.m. So you get an extra full hour in your day. What would you do with that hour of free time? For me, do I start writing that book I've been thinking about? Start learning a new language? Check in with some people I haven't talked to in a while. Seems like everyone wishes there was more time. The question is, time for what? How do you prioritize? Well, guess what? Therapy can help you figure out what really matters to you so you can do more of those things. Talking with a professional therapist can help you answer some of those internal questions, and that can empower you to actually be the best version of yourself. You've heard me and a lot of my guests talking about the benefits of therapy here on the podcast, and maybe you've been thinking about checking it out. If that's you, then give BetterHelp a try. You can do it from home in your pajamas if you want, because it's all online, and you can fit it to your specific schedule. You just answer a few questions, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you're on your way. And you can even get started right now with a discount. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WhatWas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash WhatWas. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What I found out later was that, of course, they evacuated all the staff in the building because so for anyone who was working in the lobby or anyone who, you know, would have been interacting with the lobby or anything, they were all being evacuated out the back. So we kind of like it wasn't like there was somebody working at the front desk to answer our questions if we called down. It was kind of like the building had mostly been, the building had mostly been evacuated. It was like every man for himself kind of thing. So later I discovered that there was a message, I think, left on our machine in our room. But it's not like the first thing I thought was to check an answering machine. But yeah, no, we we really 100 percent throughout that whole morning. All we really knew was what we were seeing updated on Twitter. We were watching like social media feeds, but we were never notified by really anybody because as soon as the staff left the hotel, they don't even know who's left in what rooms or who, who evacuated when, who might've left when the alarms went off or anything. And the other thing that's really important to note is they sounded the alarms, not knowing what else to do, but it was actually a horrible, horrible move because when you have a man in a lobby with a gun and then you sound alarms, then everybody starts to evacuate and you don't want people in the lobby with a guy with a gun. So we were actually better to stay in our room like we did because it wouldn't have made much sense. For, it wouldn't have made much sense for us to go running through the lobby at that moment. So hope I think most people most people ignored it. So in in your drunken stupor, you made a, <laughs> a better decision than everybody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. And later, I spoke with the GM, and he actually said, "Yeah, it was kind of a mistake. That, like looking back, it was a mistake to set the alarms off." But he said this was a thousand percent the first time we'd ever been faced with this situation. So you don't really know what to do if it's never happened before. I'm sure now they have a really great plan for if a gunman walks into the lobby. Right, they got a policy <laughs> now. Yeah, but this for all the Fairmont hotels, yeah. But at this at this moment, there was really nothing. So by this time, probably there were some people who would have been on the way to the hotel to to see me for the wedding right. and everything. Yeah, and they may not have known yet what was going on. Right. So the first thing I did was, of course. So okay. So of course, I had a whole bunch of things that were supposed to happen with people coming into the hotel that morning. So my photographer was supposed to come and get photos of us getting ready. I had a video team that was supposed to come in and get videos of us getting ready. My mom hadn't seen my wedding dress yet. I was keeping it a surprise for her because I wanted, I had told her I was going to do her hair and makeup and I wanted to get her ready. And then I was going to get myself ready and then have like a reveal moment where she saw my dress for the first, first time. So the first thing I did was call her and say, mom, please don't come to the hotel. I, I, I don't know what's happening, but you're not gonna be able to get in. There's a gunman downstairs. And the first thing she said was, well, who's going to do my hair? I didn't even pack a curling iron. I thought you were going to do it. <laughs> and I was like, I have other problems right now, mom. I'm sure we'll figure out your hair. <laughs> that is hilarious. That... <laughs> yeah. I know my daughter is in danger of a deranged gunman, but what about my hair? What about my hair? She said, I didn't even pack a curling iron. I said, well, I'll see if I have a friend who could drop a curling iron off for you. In the middle of all this, let me try and find you a curling iron. Yeah. 
So the other thing that's really interesting is there were so many people who had told me that I should hire a hair and makeup artist, but that's what I do for a living. And so I wouldn't have really felt comfortable having anybody else do hair and makeup. So I said I was going to do my own even though people thought I was crazy. And then I have a girl, one of my best friends, I call her my ride or die. She has worked with me for 13 years. She was going to come and do hair and makeup for my bridesmaids. So of course, now that girl, her name's Ricky. Ricky could not come to the hotel to do hair and makeup for my bridesmaids. But thankfully I had my kit there, all my hair and makeup stuff so I could get myself ready. So I was like, okay, well shit, I guess I'm doing hair and makeup for all my bridesmaids now because nobody like, they, cause my thing was, I don't know how long this is going to last for. I have no idea how long this whole gunman situation is going to be, but we need to be ready when it's over so that we can go to the wedding. I really never gave up on thinking like, keep it moving. This might blow over real fast. Who knows? Like, let's just get ready. So I told my bridesmaids, I'm going to get myself ready first because I have to walk down the aisle. And if you're not ready, you don't really have to, like, it's fine if you, you know what I mean? So I said, let my, let me get myself ready as fast as I can. And then I'll get you guys ready. So I did my hair and makeup. I mean, now looking back at the photos, it's so funny how much I don't look anything like what I would have wanted to look like because I was just thinking like, blah, 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 hurry up and get ready because I had three other people's hair and makeup to do. So I got myself ready as fast as I could. And then I did all my bridesmaids hair and makeup while we basically watched, you know, for news updates on Twitter. And oh, you know, because there were stories going like, oh, he's on the second floor now, which I don't think that was true at all. But there was just anybody can post anything, right? So like, we're reading all this stuff, like, is he coming up to our floor? And, and then I, of course, reached out to my fiance. I said, like, babe, something crazy is going on. And he was like, what? I was like, there's a gunman in the hotel. Because of course, if you're not watching the news, you just wouldn't know. And he was like, holy shit. But at this point, it was so early in the morning that we kind of thought, okay, well, Let's just see how this, let's see how this shakes out kind of thing. And yeah, so we started off thinking we had a lot of time. Let's just keep getting ready and we'll just see what happens kind of. And obviously the the cops are handling this. They, they're a little more experienced in what to do and everything. So they had shut down all the surrounding streets. Mm-hmm. They shut down the SkyTrain. Yeah, yeah, what is the SkyTrain? Is that like the primary public transportation there? The SkyTrain is like our, yeah, it's our, the underground over, you know, like the, uh, I don't, what would you call it in uh, like New York? It would be the subway. It's like our subway, basically. That's our SkyTrain. So yeah, so they shut that down. They shut all the streets down. The, the hospital, people weren't going to work because if, you're, if your business was anywhere near there. So it's really funny. Whenever I mention now, because this, this was, you know, a few years back, whenever I mention, oh yeah, my my wedding was the day the gunman was people all remember it because oh yeah that that was because it was a monday my wedding was on a monday i forgot to mention that so it was supposed to be business as usual that day right but everybody got told you can't come to work you can't get on the sky train you can't get to work even if you could so everyone was kind of on pause so they all my wedding is a memorable day for a lot of people <laughs> let's just put it that way so no one could come in or out of the hotel people couldn't go to work mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. obviously this was all over the local news Yes, it was. It was inter- not just local news. It was international news. It was all it was all across Canada for sure. It was a dramatic standoff, one that shut down a busy portion of downtown Vancouver for nearly 10 hours. A distraught man walked into a hotel armed with a gun. As Alan Waterman reports, negotiators spent hours unsuccessfully trying to get him to surrender. The standoff that held the city hostage began just before 2.30 in the morning. 
28-year-old Surrey man walked into the Fairmont Pacific Rim Hotel and flashed a handgun to staff. He then proceeded up to the third floor and holed up. Police descended on the scene and began negotiations with the gunman, but his only request was for water. We want to end this uh, as peacefully as possible. The safety, his safety, the safety of the public and our officers is uh, paramount. There have been no shots fired and uh, we're going to hope that it stays that way. Early on, police told hotel staff to pull the fire alarm in order to clear out guests. That only seemed to inflame the gunman, so guests were told to lock themselves in their rooms. It was a very uh, difficult situation, so we were doing the best we could following their direction. I think under the circumstances, everybody did everything they could as fast as they could. But the situation dragged on, not only for the hotel, but for much of the downtown core. The uncertainty surrounding the standoff meant police had to issue closures to roughly eight blocks of the business and hotel district. Thousands had to cancel appointments and face rerouting. Local residents found areas of their buildings closed off. So no one could come and do the bridesmaid's hair and makeup, so you had to do that. Also, the photographer and videographer, they couldn't come in and get any of those pictures either. Exactly. And you you guys, you couldn't even go down and get breakfast. No. (laughs) Did you have anything to eat at all? Good question. We actually ended up just eating everything in the (laughs) minibar. So so we were like, oh, there's some popcorn here. There's some peanuts. (laughs) We we had a minibar breakfast on my wedding day. (laughs) So some Cheez-Its and uh, ginger ale or something. And there was actually a moment where I looked over at my bridesmaid. I said, do you think they're going to charge us for all this stuff? Because, you know, usually you think like, oh, it's a, like a million dollars if you eat something in the minibar. But we we just went ham on it. We ate everything that we could find in it. And for the record, they did not charge us for what was in the minibar. One of the perks of having a gunman on your wedding day, you get free minibar food. The, the whole irony is that your business is doing hair and makeup for other mm-hmm. brides just before their wedding in order mm-hmm. to make, you know, their dream wedding come true. And now your wedding day is just all messed up. It's chaos. Yeah, it is, except it's exactly expected for my life. It's so funny. Looking back, everyone goes, yeah, of course that was your wedding day, because just this is how things go for me. Nothing is normal. And I think, to be completely honest with you, it's exactly why when I was warned about the Philippines, I said, you know what? You're right, because if someone was going to get kidnapped on their wedding day in the Philippines, it would for sure be me, because here I was in the safest, you know, one of the safest cities in the world, the fanciest hotel and still with a gunman in my lobby. So, you know, it's just, it is, it is what it is. It's just this kind of stuff just follows me, I feel like. So when you're doing the bridesmaids makeup and you said you had your kit with you, but what were you missing? What would you have normally brought along for that if if you knew you had to do that? Actually, it's funny. I had everything that I needed, which is exactly why I was so glad that I stuck to my guns about wanting to do my own hair and makeup. Cause of course, if I'm getting myself ready, I'm bringing all the stuff cause I want to make sure I have everything I need. But if I would have gone with what other people told me in terms of, you know, let somebody else do it, they wouldn't have been able to get into the hotel room to get me ready. And we wouldn't have had any hair and makeup stuff. So thankfully I did have everything I needed. The other thing is that, like I had mentioned, my beautiful wedding planner, Alicia, because she stuck to her guns. She, if she had stayed overnight at the hotel with me, like I asked her to, if she had acted as a bridesmaid, like I wanted her to, she would have been stuck in the hotel with me and not able to be out at the church trying to 
arrange all this mayhem because everybody was like, you know, eventually arriving to the church being like, what's going on? Is there still a wedding? And, and the pastor going, uh, are we still, we could do this tomorrow. Someone literally told my wedding planner, we could do this wedding tomorrow if she can't get get out of the That's what I was going to ask you, because this thing kept dragging on. Did you consider just postponing it to another day? Nope, I absolutely did not. I said to her, I don't care if I have to say my vows over Skype. I'm getting married today. Like, I was like, nope, fuck that. Because my wedding was already on a Monday and people had already taken the day off work. Who's going to come on a Tuesday? And it, we'd just been counting down for too long. The other thing was that um I remember the day before, you know, obviously brides, we become obsessed with the forecast. We want to know what the weather is going to be. And my wedding was on a Monday in October in Vancouver, British Columbia. So we have usually shit weather around that time of the year. So I was looking at the weather and the forecast said, literally it said there will be zero hours of sunshine and a hundred percent chance of rain. So it a thousand percent sounded like I was going to be getting married on the day of the apocalypse. So I was like zero hours of sunshine. What does that even mean? But on this day, while I was in my hotel room, with trying to get these bridesmaids ready as fast as I could, I looked out the window and there was just this really bold, very strong beam of light shining down on the ocean because my room had a view of the ocean, shining down on the ocean right outside my room. And I just felt like it was like, you know, God or like angels or the universe or something just being like, you're going to be fine. It was this very calming light because I was told there's going to be zero hours of sunshine. And it was just this bright, bright light, like almost like right on the water outside my room. And it was so comforting that um, now if you talk to any of my bridesmaids, especially my best friend, she knows me so well. She said, when I was around you that day, even though most brides would have been absolutely losing their mind and in hysterics, she said, you couldn't even tell there was anything going on wrong with me. Like I was completely calm. Like, nope, one one bridesmaid's makeup at a time. We're just going to keep moving forward, have faith that this is still going to happen. And I was just very, like, I get very logical and very calm when things go crazy around me. And that's just what I did. And so I was doing each girl's hair and makeup. And what's really funny is one of my bridesmaids is my sister. Okay. My sister and I are 13 months apart. She is for sure. Like my best, best friend. She's also my biggest cheerleader. She used to work for my makeup business for like 13 years. She answered all my emails for me. And so she was always my hype girl. And if somebody said like, how do I know I'm going to like my hair and makeup done by Jaina? She would go, are you kidding? She's the best in the city. So she's like my best hype woman, right? The only, the only person whose hair and makeup I've ever done who did not like her hair and makeup was my sister on my wedding day. I got her ready <laughs> and she saw herself in the mirror. So imagine I do her hair and makeup, even though I'm under all this stress and she saw herself in the mirror and she was like, I don't like it. And I'm like, Okay, uh, but we got like a gunman downstairs. I got to get to my wedding. You don't like your hair and makeup. What do you want me to do about this? And my best friend was just looking at me like, just ignore it. It's fine. It's fine. Because I thought I've never had anybody just straight out say, I hate my hair and makeup. But my sister thought she would just save it for my wedding day on my most stressful time. Oh, yeah. She said, I don't I don't like it. I don't know. I don't know why. I just don't like it. Well, okay. Did you ever ask her about that later after you were all done? With I everything? did. I thought, of course I had to ask her. It was ridiculous. And she said, well, I just have really high expectations for you. I just really pictured that you would do a full transformation on me. And I still just look kind of like myself. And I said, yeah, it was my wedding. You're still supposed to look like my sister. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She wanted a full, she wanted it to be unrecognizable after, I guess. I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> that <is>, but <laughs> still really to weird. this day, still to this day, my best friend always jokes like everybody always loves your work. Well, except for your sister on your wedding day. Because <laughs> mm -hmm, she looked like herself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
So this thing just kept dragging on. Now you've been awake for like five hours and mm-hmm. doing what you could and all that. You eventually called Ray, your fiance, and just said, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do, right? What did he do? Yeah. Well, because initially, like I said, I thought we had all day, but now it was getting up to like, I think it was around noon where I knew the wedding was in two hours and now we were really close to being ready to go. And then it was like, okay, because, well, first of all, obviously we did not want to get evacuated before we were ready because if the hotel all of a sudden came up and said, go now, and we'd have to leave all the hair and makeup stuff, we'd have to just go in like in our pajamas or something. So we really, really, really wanted to make sure we were ready before we were told we had to go or, or, you know what I mean? So, so that was the first thing was like, that was kind of stressful thinking we might get evacuated. So once we were almost ready, but we still hadn't heard anything and we still, and it was still happening downstairs. Then I was like, Oh, okay. Now we need to get focused on how are we going to get out of here? Cause now we're ready to get out. <laughs> like, okay, we, we really wanted this gunman to work with our timing for the day. <laughs> so I, so I called him and I said, all right, I don't know what to do, but like, like shit's fucked up basically I said I don't know how am I going to get to the wedding and he said don't worry about it we're going to get you out of the hotel and I had no idea what he meant by that but he was determined to make it his mission because of course this was the wedding that he wanted you know all his he had a huge family they're all going to be there and the last thing obviously that he wants is to have this wedding not happen because of some dummy in the lobby of the hotel so so he told his he got off the phone with me and he told his groomsmen all right, we need to get Jaina out of this hotel. So they did the best that they could with what they had. So they took to the streets on social media. They called all the radio stations. They called all the television networks. They got on Twitter. Anyone that they could call to bring attention to the fact that there was a bride in this hotel room, that's what they did. Because also... On Saturdays, on Fridays and Saturdays, this hotel is crawling with brides because it's the place for brides to get ready. But my wedding was on a Monday, so I was the only bride. Like, There's no other brides in this hotel today. So I was the only bride. That's kind of smart to go public with it, right? Get as many people aware of it as possible. And it seems like Twitter would be the best thing to do that. Exactly. So they, all the groomsmen, everyone, they were all posting. And so right away, we ended up getting a response from Fairmont Hotels. Sorry, the police responded first, actually. And they said, we will do our best to get your bride out of the hotel. And then the Fairmont Hotel tweeted and said, we will work with the police to get your bride out of the hotel. So all of a sudden now we had the police and the hotel knowing that there is, in fact, a bride in this hotel. She needs to get her a wedding. At least you know somebody's working on it. Yeah, 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 exactly. People know we're here. People know that we need to get to our wedding. And then what was really funny was somebody else tweeted, who the hell gets married on a Monday? (laughs) That's a valid question, right? Yeah, well, see, my problem is because I work in weddings, brides book me two, three years in advance. So I knew that if I wanted to get married on a Saturday, it wasn't going to be for four years. So we wanted to keep it within a reasonable timeline. So I said, well, and all my friends work in the wedding industry too. So I said, if I get married on a Saturday, none of my friends will be there and I won't be there. So it's going to have to be on a Monday when that's like most of our day off. So yeah, that's why I chose Monday. So next, you know, we're doing our finishing touches, getting ready. And all of a sudden we hear this loud bang on the door. And my sister just went running to the door. And I said, whoa, Carly, there's a gunman in the building. Like we don't, we definitely do not want to be just running to the door. (laughs) 
But when she opened it, there was the GM of the hotel and probably four or five SWAT team guys in bulletproof vests. Like, okay, we're here to get you out of the hotel. And my sister said, can we pack some of our stuff? And they said, no, you have to come with us right now. So they took us down a freight elevator, which was just hilarious because I'm just like, well, here we go. This is my, this is the start of my wedding day. And basically they took us down a freight elevator so that we'd go out like the back of the hotel, not through the lobby because the gunman was still there. And my wedding planner, Alicia, had arranged because all the, my other vendors, the photographer, the videographer, they were all like, is this wedding still happening? And she said, yes, it is. And we want to keep it going. So instead of going to the hotel to film me getting ready, just stay two blocks away with her limo driver so that you can at least get her going to her limo. So my limo was parked now probably two and a half blocks away from the hotel. And my videographer and photographer were there waiting at the limo. So when we got out of the hotel, it's like fresh air. We're outside. We didn't know that this would even happen. It was a really windy day. And the first footage of me on my wedding day (laughs) is me doing like basically a Denzel Washington run away from a building that looks like it's going to blow up behind me. I'm running as, as hard, as fast as I can with my bridesmaids behind me towards the limo. And I said, it's my motherfucking wedding day. And I had this hair flower in my hair that just went flying out behind me and I just let it go and we just ran to the limo and um because all I'm thinking is there's a guy with a gun like right there I don't know where he is or what's happening but let me just get into this limo so we raced to the limo hopped in and we pulled up to my wedding exactly four minutes before it was supposed to start you couldn't have timed it any better No, there were still people coming into the church when I pulled up and I was like, no, bitch, like I had to get past the guy with a gun and I still made it here on time. (laughs) You're not allowed to be late because I made it on time. And the guests that got there early, they weren't even sure that you were going to show up, right? Because they didn't know really what was happening. Well, to be honest, they didn't know I was going to show up and neither did my fiance. So I was told that he was just sweating buckets, just pacing back and forth at the front of the church and like kind of trying to like, like lighten the mood, like, Hey, ha ha ha. Like, Oh, crazy. Uh, weddings are always stressful, right? Ha, ha, ha. And everyone was just kind of sitting on the edge of their seats. Like, is she coming? Is a wedding really going to happen or not? Right. And my wedding planner was so stressed because not only is she my wedding planner and she wants everything to go smoothly, but she's one of my closest friends. So she's so stressed for me. So when the limo pulled up, the first person who ran to the car was my wedding planner. And she saw me and she grabbed both of my hands and she just started to bawl her eyes out. She's like, you're here. Like, oh, thank goodness. Cause she was so stressed all morning. You know, like she really, really, really took on my, took my stress on for herself. So she was so relieved to see me. Meanwhile, my fiance, his family, they're Filipino and they're quite superstitious. His family is very superstitious. So they were like, oh, this is bad luck. Like they, the whole time they're like, this is not good luck. And they were saying like, and one of them thought that it was one of my ex-boyfriends who might be in the lobby. <laughs> they're like, does Jaina have any ex-boyfriends who might want to try and stop this wedding? And I actually had a moment where I thought, oh, I wonder where Corey is today. Cause I feel like everyone has that one crazy ex. <laughs> I was like, maybe it is him. I don't know. <laughs> If it was him, this would, <laughs> yes, this would be a movie for sure. Uh, I mean, this the whole thing sounds like a movie anyway. Well, what most people didn't know was that one month before the wedding, this ex that I had, Corey, actually called and asked me if he could stop that, like if he could stop the wedding from happening because he wanted to be together with me. So there was a reason why I kind of low-key stressed that maybe it could have been him, but it wasn't. Mm. That's the rest of the story. That's the part that only you get to know because nobody else knows that. <laughs> 
big reveal. <laughs> so you got out of the limo, mm-hmm. adjusted your dress, and just went straight, walked down the aisle? Uh, well, there was a minute where we had to kind of like wait for everything to get situated because now it was like, oh shit, she's here. Cause so they kind of had to like the, everyone had to get in their places and get ready because it was like, they, you know, they had to suddenly make a, a wedding ready to happen. And, um, I remember that, um, my fiance had arranged, we had, we had switched gifts to each other. So I had got him this watch that he really wanted. And when I walked in, he had given me a bouquet of roses and each rose had a little note attached to it with like a compliment for me or like a sweet, like kind of little love note on it. So I stood there and opened each little note and read it and had a little moment. And then, then it was time to start the wedding. Here's what I thought was kind of funny. You got to the front of the church and everybody, you must've felt like there was still a little bit of tension in the air. Oh my gosh. The air was so thick. As I was walking down the aisle, the air was so thick. It felt like I was walking through quicksand. So I had um the aisle walking up to my, walking up to the, um, front of the church was had a red runner on it and I had these white hearts like stamped like these big white acrylic hearts all over the floor it was really really pretty and I just remember looking at each heart on the ground like just make it to the next heart because I could just feel this like tension in the room and so when I got up to the front of the church and he's looking at me with tears pouring down his face I just looked out at everyone and said "Woo! I made it then they all started to cheer and it all went back and then it was like okay okay we're fine that's what everybody needed (laughs) That's what they needed. Yep, 100%. I needed it too, I think. <laughs> when you were at the front, I saw that you had written somewhere where you you turned and you looked in the back of the auditorium You was something you didn't expect to see on your wedding day. Exactly. So while I stood at the front, you know, I'm holding hands with my fiance. He's crying. My heart's racing. And I look out. I see all these faces, familiar people and then unfamiliar people, because, of course, I had this choir that I'd hired to be there. So there's all these faces. The place is packed. And then I look up over everyone's heads and I see all these video cameras, like not my video team, but it was essentially because my fiance and his groomsmen had notified all of the news media about what was happening. They all showed up at my wedding. So there was, oh my gosh, like probably 10, 15 video cameras and news reporters all standing at the back of the church waiting to see what happened. This was the news story of the day all across Canada. It was. So I think that, you know, let's say, for example, let's say there was just a man who wandered into a lobby of a hotel and hours later they figured it out and game over like that wouldn't really be that much of a news story but just for the fact that and there was a bride waiting on the ninth floor unable to get to her wedding that's what made it you know a really interesting story so yes it was all across the news all across my friends in toronto who couldn't make it to my wedding said well it felt like we were at your wedding we watched it on the news (laughs) if you couldn't be at the wedding at one o'clock tune into the six o'clock news and you'll see it yeah six o'clock nine o'clock and the midnight, yeah, you're yeah, you can watch it on any of the any of the news. Yep, it was everywhere. In fact, even on our honeymoon, a guy approached us on our honeymoon and said, "Didn't I see you guys on the news?" <laughs> yeah, it was funny. So, did the rest of the wedding go okay? The rest of the wedding was amazing, and actually, you know, just the way that I like things to go, it kind of felt like. That was the entrance that I was just always supposed to make (laughs) because everything was just so explosive at my wedding and so over the top that it was like, of course, of course, we would just have this grand entrance like this. But everything went really good after the actual ceremony. They did. They all sang All You Need Is Love. I got to the end of the aisle and then we were interviewed by all the news media. So somebody asked uh, my 
my husband at the time now, so did you ever think that the wedding wasn't going to happen? And he said, absolutely not. Nothing was going to stop me from marrying her today. And I said, not even a guy with a gun? Because I'm thinking, how could you? <laughs> and he goes, nope, not even a guy with a gun. So that was uh, what ended up on the news all across Canada, which was, you know, really cute. And um, the rest of the wedding was, it was so much fun. It was an actual party that my grandparents happened to be at. It was a real, real, real party. It was so much yeah, fun. Yeah, with so much backstory. I mean, n- nobody had to think about, how to start a conversation with somebody else. That was the <laughs> very true. Very true. <laughs> so remember that time? Yeah, exactly. We all, we were all unified. We all had something to talk about. It was really fun. It was a cool mix of cultures and actually the wedding, because the decor was so over the top and so unique and interesting, we ended up getting featured in, you know, wedding magazine and everything like that. So, and lots of people left saying it was the best party they'd ever been at. And I remember my favorite part of the night was when one of my uncles came up to me and said, this is so much fun. I haven't been to a nightclub in years. And that's exactly what I wanted. I didn't want it to feel like you're at a wedding. I wanted it to feel like you were at a club having a good time and just dancing the night away. And so everything that everything else after that was, I would say, flawless. That's how it went. It was wild and crazy for sure. After you left the hotel, of course, once you got out, you were focused on the wedding. But that scene at Mm -hmm. the hotel continued. But the gunman was captured. Ten hours into the standoff, police set off a flashbang device and moved in, firing a plastic bullet to take the gunman down. It's called an Arwen round. It's basically a large plastic projectile. Uh, it's like a large cork. And uh, he, was, he was struck once with that and taken into custody. The gunman, who is known to have mental health issues, was taken to hospital with minor injuries. And guests, who had ultimately been removed down the back stairs, returned to the hotel, including this group of Puerto Rican conference goers. What was your biggest fear through the night then? No, there was no fear. No fear? To no fear, no, that's... (laughs) That was business as usual. (laughs) Business as usual after half a day of tension for the city core. And the distraught gunman is expected to face weapons charges. Were you on any news shows or anything as a result of this? Um, I know that our story was on the news across Canada. I don't, I personally wasn't invited like to, to be interviewed on anything or anything like that. Until now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Until Mr. Scott interviewed me on what was that like? Uh, it's my big break. Now, today you are still working in the wedding industry, as you mentioned. I'd like you to tell people what you do and also about you have a podcast. But I'm curious about one thing, though. You're, when you sent me an email, Your email signature says your name, and it says three things. It says makeup artist, podcast host, and hype woman. Can you describe, as (laughs) part of what you do, what is a hype woman? Well, see... For me, I love encouraging and empowering women. It's pretty much, I think, what I was put on this planet to do. And so I always feel like when I am glamming someone up, when someone's sitting in my makeup chair, of course, I'm trying to make them look better on the outside. But it's mainly about helping them to feel more confident and stronger, more bolder, more the best version of themselves on the inside. And so I started, you know, with my with, you know, one person at a time in my makeup chair. So, you know, I get a lot of women who are nervous about their wedding or nervous about people looking at them or nervous about, you know, all sorts of things that I spend pretty much the whole time I'm doing makeup, hyping them up. Like, you're going to do great. You're going to be amazing. You know, you're worried about the wrong things and, you know, just really trying to remind them of how amazing and beautiful they are. And when I started my podcast, it was meant to be a way for me to offer that same hype, but on a larger scale. So now instead of just talking to one person at a time in my makeup chair, I can talk to 
you know, all my listeners. And so it's really just a way of getting my, you know, my hype message out to the world. And that's kind of what my whole thing is. It's really become just a labor of love. It's just a total passion project for me. But so far it's been doing really well. And honestly, it, as much work as it's been for me, it's given back to me as well. And it just feels super rewarding. I absolutely love it. And it honestly makes all the crazy things I've been through in my life feel worth it. It makes me feel like there's a reason for it all, you know? Your website, Hello Jaina, and that's H-E-L-L-O-J-A-Y-N-A. And we'll have a link to that in the in the show notes as well. But when I looked at that website, I got to say, when I um, when I saw that, your website, your Instagram, you've just done an amazing job of branding. I mean, it's all just super professional, very consistent in theme. And you are just like the stereotypical social media influencer. You obviously know what you're doing. Thank you. You know what? I think the key is the way that it has all stayed very consistent is that it is all me. Like I now, you know, I've been through a lot. I've learned exactly about who I am. And so now I know when I present myself to the world, whether it be on a website, whether Instagram or anything, I know exactly who I am. So of course it's consistent because it's me. So it's still me showing up in all these places. And it just really is. I like, I like to think that if you find me on Instagram, you watch my stories, or if you listen to my podcast, or if you see my website, and then you meet me in person, you think, oh, that's, that, I feel like I already know her because it's consistent. It's, it's me, it's me, it's me, and I'm not pretending to be anything that I'm not. It's just, it's just who I am. Yeah. As authentic as I can possibly be. Yeah. That's the way it should be. So how can people contact you if they want their wedding day hair and makeup and everything to be perfect? <laughs> well, again, on hellojana.com or on Instagram, it's uh, Jana Marie Makeup. Lots of people hit me up on there. But yeah, I am all for it. I mean, someone can hit me up if they need their hair and makeup done or if they just need a little hype session. I love cheering people up and reminding you how badass you are. So just pop me a message anytime because I'm here. I try to be almost like the big sister that people never had. You know, that's my kind of, I feel like that's my job on this planet. Who would have thought that a story that included a hotel lobby gunman could be that much fun? But I'm sure you could tell I loved talking with Jaina. And if you liked this episode, you might like episode number 110, because it's also related to the wedding industry. In that episode, my guest is Jen, and she works as a professional bridesmaid. Can you just give a quick summary of your service? What is it you provide? Absolutely. I come in as the hired bridesmaid. I pretend to be your friend from some point in your life. I wear the bridesmaid dress, walk down the aisle, give the speech, help you figure out all of the plans before you get married. And I just make sure that everything goes smoothly at your wedding for you. I'm not a wedding planner, so I don't actually physically plan the wedding, but I'll be there for the bachelorette party. I'll help you go dress shopping. I'll help you with all of those fun details. And I'll make sure that you feel good and supported on your actual wedding day. That's episode 110, titled, Jen is a Professional Bridesmaid. You know, I don't normally come on here and read the podcast reviews that get left by listeners. In fact, I don't even ask for reviews, but they come anyway. But there was one recently that caught my eye. Here's what it said. Hello, I just found this podcast today and am very happy great interviewer who lets the storyteller tell their story in their words. Asks great questions, great array of subjects. Thank you. And then there's this last sentence. I wish there was an area after each show to send good wishes to the guests. 
and that was sent in by Shana from Idaho. So Shana, thanks for that. I appreciate the kind words. And the good news is there is a place where you can send good wishes to the guests. It's our podcast listener Facebook group. In fact, a lot of the guests from previous episodes are actually in that group, so you can engage with them directly. And this is something that really confuses me. Over the last couple of months, we've had several hundred new people join that group. And some of them are longtime listeners who said they never knew the Facebook group existed. I feel like I mention it here on the show pretty regularly, but the thing is, I talk about it after the conversation with the guest. I don't want to talk about stuff like that at the beginning of the episode because I know you'd rather get right to the story. So maybe some people just don't hear the invitation to join that group because it's at the end. So if you haven't joined yet, this is your invitation. We've got over 4,000 podcast listeners in there, and we'd love to have you join us. It's at whatwasthatlike.com slash Facebook. And this is another thing related to that. One of the things I use that Facebook group for is to get an idea of how you feel about certain stories for future episodes. Even if I think a story would be good, I like to hear it from you, the listener, if you think it sounds interesting. So recently I had a listener send in a story. Her name is Susan, and at the time she was 50 years old. Her story is about how she started feeling some really weird health symptoms. It got worse and worse, and she was scared, and she didn't know what was happening to her body. Eventually, she was diagnosed with MS, multiple sclerosis. But a diagnosis is not a cure. At one point, she could not move the right half of her body, and she was really frightened that this was maybe her new normal. But she was able to get medication, and more importantly, she learned how to take care of herself and avoid these relapses. I found the whole thing really interesting. Now you might already be aware of this, I typically don't do stories that are mostly medically related. For the most part, I just don't think they're unusual enough to be a good fit for the show. But for Susan's story, I was thinking about it, that maybe this was an exception to the rule. So I went to the Facebook group and I gave them a summary of the story and I took a poll, yes or no, should this be a podcast episode? And a lot of people did want to hear it. It ended up around 16% said no. So that's almost one out of five listeners that voted no. So in the end, I decided it won't be an episode here. But I knew that many of the people in the Facebook group still wanted to hear her story. So I asked Susan, and she graciously said that it would be okay to post her story, the full story that she sent me, in the Facebook group. So if you want to read exactly what happened with her, that's where you can find it. That's what I love about that group. It's not just people talking about the podcast and the most recent episode. We do that, of course, but really it's a place where we can have stimulating real-life conversations about things that are important to all of us. And as I've always said, there will never be any political discussions in there. You can certainly find enough of that everywhere else. So please join us, whatwasthatlike.com slash Facebook. And right now, on the day this episode gets released, I'm in Orlando at the PodFest Multimedia Expo. Just spending a few days with a couple thousand podcasters and industry people, always a good time. If you're at the conference, I hope we can connect. So that's enough of hearing me talk. Let's get to the listener story. For this week's story, it's Jaina once again. 
but this story has nothing to do with weddings or makeup or anything like that. Stay safe, and I'll see you back here in two weeks. Are you afraid of bears? I can tell you one thing. I know my mom isn't. <laughs> At least she said she wasn't. And that's exactly how I ended up in one of the most terrifying situations of my life at the fresh young age of only nine years old. I grew up in Kelowna. It's a little city that thinks it's a big city and prides itself in being fabulous in all four seasons. There was a ski hill close by for the winters. The spring had orchards full of cherry blossoms. There's a lake with beaches for summer and wineries to enjoy through till the late fall. Now, my family took advantage of all of that. But the one thing my parents loved the most was camping. We had a little boat that we'd put in the water, spend the day tubing and kneeboarding, and then we'd find a camping spot along the shore somewhere and set up camp. When it came to bedtime, my mom and dad would usually sleep on the boat, and my sister Carly and I would sleep on land in a tent. It was always so much fun, so I honestly never thought about what could go wrong. One night, as we sat by the fire, probably telling stories and making fun of each other, I heard a noise on the hillside beside us. I became completely distracted from the marshmallow I was roasting, trying to strain to see where that sound was coming from. Eventually, as my eyes adjusted to the darkness, I saw it. It was a black bear, and it wasn't far away from us at all. I grabbed my sister's arm and pointed to her. We both panicked for obvious reasons, and my mom rolled her eyes and told us all about how when she was a little girl, she worked at summer camps on Mount Robson, and there were always bears, but they're more afraid of you than you are of them. So you just need to keep your food up high, and if you see one, make a lot of noise and it'll go away. She was so matter-of-fact about it that we almost felt silly for being afraid. So later that evening, we hugged mom and dad goodnight as we retreated to our tent and went to sleep completely oblivious as to what awaited us in the morning. After just a few hours of rest with the sun barely rising, I woke up to my sister's nails dug right into the skin of my arm. Ouch! What the heck, Carly? She whispered, Jaina, there's a bear! As my eyes slowly opened, I looked above me and saw that our tent had in fact become the bear's new plaything. He was tossing the tarps around back and forth. And I remember my mom saying that we were supposed to make a lot of noise, but I was frozen, stunned. Just when I thought it couldn't get any worse, a paw tore through the fabric right between my sister and I. We laid there, gripping each other's hands as the paw rummaged around from my shoulder to hers. Our hands were so sweaty. Telling the story now, I'm actually surprised we didn't pee ourselves. <laughs> I guess eventually he realized he wasn't going to find what he was looking for, so he retracted his paw from the inside of our tent and moved on to checking out everything around our campsite. Meanwhile, my sister and I just laid there, terrified with the tent collapsed over our faces. We were only able to see orange, and we were completely unsure of when it would be safe to find our way out. After what felt like an eternity of lying there completely still, we hadn't heard any bear sounds for a couple of minutes, so we decided that it was possibly time to emerge, and we sprinted to our parents on the boat. There they were, sound asleep, completely unaware of anything their kids had been going through. I shook my dad's shoulder abruptly and said, Dad, a bear just tore its paw through our tent. And he said, okay, girls, very funny. We need some more sleep. So we sat on the boat, trembling, just waiting for them to feel like waking up. Eventually, 
They did. And since we were still on the bear thing, my dad thought he would humor us and go up the hill to see what we were talking about. He said, okay, all right, let's see what this bear supposedly did to your tent. He walked with us up the hill, saw our little fabric castle collapsed, and looked down at us like, okay, you two are so funny. Then he picked it up, not knowing that it was the side that the bear had torn its paw through, and saw the perfect claw marks. There was no way we could have faked that. He yelled down the hill, holy shit, Wendy, come here. And my mom came up to see. I asked her, did that ever happen to you on Mount Robson, mom? (laughs) The following summer, my parents had the genius idea to go back to the same camping area again. Surprise, surprise, in the middle of the night as we were roasting marshmallows, we heard a bear. But this time, we didn't take the chance. We packed up our camp in the middle of the night, moved to the other side of the lake and set up there. Again, my parents went to sleep on the boat and my sister and I were sleeping in our now taped up tent. Doesn't duct tape fix everything? (laughs) This time when we woke up in the morning, it was to the sound of sprinklers. Well, we didn't realize it because it was so dark when we made our move, but we'd actually set up our tent in someone's backyard. Retelling this story now, I'm wondering what must it have been like waking up in the morning, pouring your coffee and a bowl of Cheerios, looking out your window and seeing a whole family camping on your lawn. (laughs) Oops. As an adult, my parents loved to make fun of me for being too bougie to go camping or too fancy to camp with them. But now that you've heard my story, can you really blame me? That's my five-minute story. Hopefully you liked it. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can find me on my podcast at Big Lash Energy or on my website at hellojana.com. And of course, on Instagram at Jaina Marie Makeup, J-A-Y-N-A-M-A-R-I-E. Again, Scott, thank you for having me on your show and for creating this platform for people to tell their stories. It's such a cool idea and I love to hear what you have for us each week. Thanks again. Uh...